Hey folks, Randy Newberg here with another bonus episode of Leupold's Hunt Talk Radio. Today we're talking about the application process and the application deadlines, everything related to Arizona elk and Arizona pronghorn, because that deadline is coming up in about a week, February 8th, 2022, at 11.59pm Arizona time. So, don't miss the deadline, right? That's what we have to talk about, don't miss the deadline. And in this video, or video, <laughs> in this podcast, you can tell I've been shooting video all day. Uh, we're going to talk about this, go through the process of how it works, give you the quick overview. But if you really want the gory details of it all, I suggest you go out to Go Hunt. That's the company that makes these bonus podcasts possible. Go out there, check out their, their insider service, and you have more strategy articles than you know what to do with into super, super depth. Uh, and when you sign up, if you do, use promo code Randy and they'll give you a $50 gift card in their gear shop. So, But we got the February 8th, like 02-08-2022, February 8th. That night is the deadline. And... Arizona does their drawing steps. So elk and pronghorn are right now at that deadline. And then in June, they'll deal, do deer, uh, bighorn sheep, bison, some other stuff. Um, but right now, we're focusing on the elk and pronghorn draw. Um, you're going to see this year, there's a lot of units where tags are slightly down for elk, way down for pronghorn. Uh, and that's a function of their drought. They came off the worst drought in a quarter century. Um, it has really impacted pronghorn uh, to some degree elk, but certainly has affected elk. The good news is in July and August of 2021, they had a really strong monsoon season. But if you look at what's happened this winter, which they usually count on some good winter moisture, they haven't got it. So we could, you know, that, that little blip in July and August might just be a, a temporary uh, relief to what's a super long, long-term, super dry period that's affecting Arizona wildlife. So most people who think about Arizona are focusing on elk and with good reason. Arizona is the place you want to go. If they say, hey, you can have your choice of an elk tag, I can assure you that some of the units you'd consider would be Arizona units. Uh, the The pronghorn tags have been cut so much in the last 20 years due to habitat, due to drought, fawn survival, or reduction of the total population, that the expectation of drawing a pronghorn tag is really low and gets lower every year. And... The only reason I tell people you may as well try for pronghorn in Arizona is you've already bought the upfront license cost and it costs you 15 bucks. It's like buying a $15 raffle ticket. So since you've already sunk the cost for elk, you may as well try it. Uh, Arizona, when you think about elk, you're thinking great age class. Um, even in these extreme drought cycles, the age class is still there. It just may not be expressed in how the the antler growth is 
Uh, I'd say most people focus on, in Arizona on the archery Alcons and to some degree the early rifle or early muzzleloader hunts, even though the draw odds of those early rifle and muzzleloader hunts are super, super low, uh, like really low. Uh, it's just a fun place to be in September. Uh, the, the top elk hunts in North America, if you had a top 10 list, there'd be a lot of Arizona units and hunt codes listed in that top 10 list. But don't just focus on that. Uh, for the hunter who wants to have more opportunity to hunt and go to Arizona more often, they have late rifle and late archery hunts that are some really fun hunts. You're hunting the same herds with the same bulls, but you're just there in a much tougher hunting condition and you're going to have to contend with a lot more hunting pressure. So, now you're probably saying, what do I need to know? What's it going to cost me? All those details to apply for elk and pronghorn in Arizona. Well, you're going to pay a non-refundable, non-resident license fee of $160. You have to have in in existence or, or in, in your name on the uh, application deadline of February 8th, a non-resident license. And you don't get that back. A youth license, so if you get someone who meets the criteria of a youth hunter, I believe ages 12 to 17, it's only 5 bucks for that license instead of 160 So if you got a young hunter in your house that you want to build points for, that's, uh, that's an attractive option. $5 license, go do that. So you're... Uh, cost to apply for a species is 15 bucks. Uh, that's just the application fee they charge. And then you got the tag fee that they will hit you with on your credit card if you are lucky enough to draw. So you don't have to pay the entire tag fee up front. Instead, you're sitting there on pins and needles hoping you get this. I think it's, what is it? A little over 650 bucks is your elk fee and the pronghorn fee is 550 bucks so you're hoping your credit card shows a charge of that amount because that means that you drew uh, but you won't know that until sometime usually in late march uh, and the, there's a couple other fees that you can pay or at least one other fee you can pay it's called point guard it's kind of like an insurance policy that if you draw a tag and you bought this $5 point guard protection. Uh, say you drew a tag and because of a family issue, a work issue, you know, your calendar just doesn't work out. You, one time, you're allowed to turn that tag back in and you get your points restored and you get a point for that year. But it costs you $5 to buy that, I call it an insurance policy. Um, so, just know you're upfronting the $160 non-resident license fee, $15 for elk and $15 for a pronghorn application. And whether or not you want to do the point guard, that's up to you, but that's another five bucks if you want to do it. So those are the costs to get involved. Now I want to talk about how the system works. Arizona likes to say they have a bonus point system. I say, no, you have a modified system that mixes preference points and bonus points and i'll try to explain that 
uh, it's usually easier to explain this if you have visual diagrams and the videos we do on that and the Go Hunt website have really good visuals to explain this. But since I'm doing a podcast, uh, I'm going to have to try explain it with words. Um, so Arizona has this point system where they'll tell you, oh, you get these bonus points and what that means is every year you're unsuccessful, you get another point, then another point, then another point. And I don't know how many years ago it was, quite a few. Uh, they said, we're going to try clear out some of these really high point holders. Uh, and if you ever look at the tier of how many people have points at what level in Arizona, it's demoralizing for those of us who don't have that many points because it shows you <laughs> how long it's going to be before they plow through that huge layer of people, especially on the non-resident side. And it also shows you how many people are over there just buying points. We don't even see them in the draw odds. There's some person, I think, every year they buy another point. They, they you know, I think now they're up to 31 or 32 elk points. There's a non-resident out there like that. It's like, wow, really? So uh, that's how long the Arizona system has been there. The number of people with double-digit points for species is crazy. The number of non-residents with more than 20 points is crazy. So think about that before you start blowing all your chances on these really hard-to-draw hunts. And so with that, let's walk through how Arizona's system works, okay? Uh, I said it's part preference point, part bonus point. The first part of their draw is they convert your bonus points to preference points. And they take 20% of the tags for every hunt code. And in the first part of the draw, they just look at, for this hunt code, who had the most points, that person gets the tag. So in effect, it's a true preference point system. In other words, he or she with the most points gets the tag. So they do that with 20% of the tags. And we're all in that draw, but for those of us at lower point levels, you know, we're never going to draw one of those tags in that first part because we're not high enough up the point pile. So in that first portion, 20% of the tags are awarded for each hunt code based on the highest point holder. Now, everybody who doesn't draw in that portion gets thrown over into the second portion of the draw where the remaining 80% of the tags are awarded based on a bonus point system. And a bonus point system is kind of like raffle tickets, right? If you have 20 raffle tickets and I have two, your probability is 10 times greater than mine. Doesn't mean that I couldn't be the lucky person where one of my two random numbers is super low, that happens every year. But the probability is that with your 20 random numbers, you're gonna have a lower random number than I do when I only have two random numbers. So they move all of us over to the second portion of this draw. The remaining 80% of the tags by every hunt code is given away on a bonus point system. So kind of sideboards to those two portions of the draw that relates to us non-residents is non-residents can only receive up to 10% of the tags for any hunt code. So if there's 50 tags in a certain hunt code, non-residents are capped at no more than five of those. It doesn't mean we're guaranteed five or 
but we'll never get more than 10%. So they then take that 10% and slice it up even more. And going back to where I said this first part of the draw is 20% of the tags given to the highest point holders. Well, Arizona says that 10% non-resident limit, no more than half of that can be filled in the first part of the draw. So the it leaves at least the other half of the non-resident quota for the second part of the draw. Confused yet? If not, you should be. So let's say the first part of the draw to the high point holders, 4% of those tags in a hunt code went to non-residents. That means in the second part of the draw, up to 6% is left to get us to the total 10% non-resident cap. So hopefully that that basic framework makes sense in the way I explained it. Like I said, if you want to see it in, in a visual detail, go out to Go Hunt. Uh, they'll, they'll have it for you. So the other thing you need to know is Arizona lets you look at multiple choices and put multiple choices on your application. I'm just telling you right now, don't worry about anything other than your first or second choice because any of the other third, fourth, whatever choices, you don't want one of those hunts. Trust me on that. So focus on your first two choices and here's how it goes into play or comes into play for Arizona. They look at your first and second choice before they go on to the next person. So the strategy is make your first choice a very difficult hunt that you would think you won the lottery if your name were to come up. Because you never know when you're going to be the one who gets the low random number. Then make your second choice some reasonable hunt or, you know, <laughs> that's all relative, right? When you say reasonable, think about what hunt code by that i mean by the the dates the weapons type the the unit that you'd be happy to have and make that your second choice so there's some strategy that comes into play in how you use these first two choices never make your first choice a higher probability hunt than your second choice you've just wasted your second choice if you think about the logic of how that works, they look at your first choice. Oh, are there tags left? Nope. Okay, let's go to your second choice. Oh, there might be. So always make your highest demand, lowest probability hunt your first choice. And then make something a little bit more reasonable for your second choice. Now, uh, uh, determining what <laughs> what that probability is is a little bit of a of an effort of statistics and probability. You can get that information from the state of Arizona. And if you want a general feeling of the demand for each hunt, uh, in their regulations, they post, you know, there were this many applicants, the first choice, this many second choice for this tag. And so that'll give you some relative feel of the demand. But if you're nerded out like I am on all these draws, probabilities, everything else, uh, Go Hunt has the best ones out there. Uh, so we're talking about this point system, right? And the more points you have, the better. Well, Arizona has two ways that you can get an extra point. 
One's a permanent point, and one is a point that stays with you so long as you keep applying. So let's talk about the permanent point. That is a hunter education point. It never goes away. Back when I took it, you had to have taken hunter ed in some other class. You had to fly to Arizona and sit in an all-day class and pass their test, and then you were awarded a permanent hunter education point. Well, now you can take that online. This was the first year you can take it online. It costs you $300 is what they charge you for the, the class. Uh, so now that, ta that uh, uh, point stays with you forever. And the $300, that's still less expensive than what I paid when I flew to Arizona, sat through this class, had a hotel room, all that stuff. Um, but it's, it's a way to get an extra point, which in a state with so much competition for tags among non-residents, every point helps you. Then there's the one I said that sticks with you for as long as you keep applying. That's called the loyalty point. So once you make five consecutive annual applications for a certain species, five years in a row, for that particular species, you now get a loyalty point. So as long as you keep applying for that species, your loyalty point stays intact. But if ever you go a year without applying for that species, you lose your loyalty point and poof, now you got to work five years to restore it. Ugh, don't do that. Keep applying if it's something you're interested in. So I'll walk through the example of how that works. 2017, I draw an Arizona rifle elk tag. You would think that my points would have got reset to zero. They did not. In two, the 2018 draw, I go into that draw with two points because I had my permanent hunter education point and I had a loyalty point for elk because I've been applying, oh, I, I don't know, 20 some years I've been applying in Arizona. So now I don't get my points reset to zero. They get reset to two because I have the hunter ed point and the loyalty point. So those are other ways to kind of leverage a little bit more uh, probability in your favor in Arizona. A lot of people think that Arizona has not that much in the way of public land. Well, newsflash, Arizona is over 60% public land if you add in the state trust lands. I can't remember somewhere. It's north of 60%. I can't remember if it's even north of 65%. But uh, you're, you're going to have plenty of places to hunt. Uh, in Arizona, they have a lot of what's called state trust lands. Those are the little powder blue sections that show up on your map. Um, your hunting license is the equivalent of a recreation pass for those state trust lands. You can go hunt them. So finding a place to hunt in Arizona isn't going to be a challenge. Uh, you're going to have lots of public land to go spread your legs on. Uh, <clears throat> I should say, that was, that was a bad way to say that, Ernie. Go stretch your legs on it. Uh, <laughs> spread your wings and stretch your legs. Scratch that last one. Uh, so uh, how old does an applicant have to be? Uh, 10 years old. Um, and youth applicants get that discounted price I was talking about. Anyone born after January 1, 1966, you better have hunter education. Um, that's a requirement. 
Um, some ask, can I just buy a point if I don't think I'd be able to go to Arizona this year? Yep, you can. Uh, I don't know why you would because it's the same price. May as well throw your name in the hat. You never know. This might be your lucky year. So I encourage people to to buy a, a, an application, you know, submit an application, even if it's for the most unbelievably terrible, ridiculous draw hunt you can think of. Uh, go do that. Uh, maybe you'll draw it. If you don't, you're still going to get the point the same as if you were just buying a point. Um, so in, in a lot of states, they have the options where you can return a tag. Uh, in Arizona, it allows a parent or guardian uh, to transfer a tag to a minor child who is between ages 10 and 17. Uh, and there's also some nonprofit organizations, um, and I think children with life-threatening medical conditions. So there, there are some ways that you can transfer a tag, but transferring it doesn't mean you're going to get all your points back unless you had point guard. So really the way to protect you in a return tag is that $5 point guard thing that I talked about. Um, a lot of people say, well, Arizona is going to be a long-term, you know, I'm going to be in this for 20 years before I draw a tag. Uh, well, not really. Um, there are what I'd call midterm options. The Short-term options, which I say are zero to four years, uh, there's not many of those for elk and none for pronghorn. Uh, but there are some midterm options, like five to nine years, and those are the what I call the late rifle hunts. There's also some hunts called limited opportunity hunts. That's where they're trying to keep elk numbers from expanding in places that they don't think have the social tolerance for elk. Uh, and some of those limited opportunity hunts, not all of them, but some of them, uh, they even waive the 10% non-resident cap for some of those. Um, but the majority of Arizona elk hunts and all of their pronghorn hunts are what I call long-term options. They're going to take more than 10 plus years, but you never know, you know, in the bonus point part of their draw, maybe you're that lucky person, you know, every year we hear about them and read about them who... They got assigned a low random number, and they somehow beat the beat the probability, and they got the tag. So um, a lot of people will ask, is Arizona worth it? In my mind, and, and again, when you ask that question, it depends on what you're looking for. What other things can you do in that state to get value out of your investment? And because I like to hunt, quail i like to hunt small game i like to go down there when the weather's warm i like to apply for deer and javelina and sheep there when i look at all the other options to me the answer of yeah arizona absolutely is worth it uh and i tell people if your budget allows only one what we'll call long shot or low probability state i think your your best place to invest in that one long shot state is Arizona as opposed to Nevada and Utah. Your odds are just better and the way that you could at least have options of a of a late late season elk tag, you get more value out of it. And you can get there's a lot of other things you can do with that hunting license if you're into the things that that I like to do. Uh but beyond just elk hunting. But if you're just talking elk, I would rank Arizona and Wyoming as the top two states in terms of value. 
and we've already talked about Wyoming. Um, if you aren't into the other types of hunting, the other species like I am, then I'd say Wyoming's your top value. Um, and I say that in the context of measuring value in terms of all the upfront costs, uh, sunk costs that don't get refunded, uh, your draw odds, the quality of the hunt, the amount of public land, the harvest rates, the age class of the elk, all that. That's, that's what I'm kind of mixing in when I tell you that I think it's a toss-up between Arizona and Wyoming. Uh, those two should, if you're the traveling non-resident elk hunter, I think those should be on your list. Uh, and if you can only do one of them, probably Wyoming. If you don't have an interest in the small game, the bird hunting, the deer, the, the javelina, the sheep, other things. Um, but they both do a great job. Uh, so hopefully that takes care of everything. Uh, I always try to keep these bonus podcasts under 25 minutes. It looks like I better hang up in 10 seconds but I'm going to end up going a little over 25 minutes. So anyhow, Arizona deadline, February 8th. Don't miss it. Put it on your calendar because every year we get up against the deadline and their servers crash. So put it on your reminder to do it four or five days beforehand. And uh, if you're interested in way more detail than this, go out to Go Hunt, sign up for Insider. Uh, use promo code Randy. They'll give you a $50 credit in their gear shop. And uh, make sure that you think about this, that you allocate your budget according to the value of what's the highest priority for you. Don't just blow your money. Don't just throw it around out there without giving consideration of what do you really want? What's your short-term, mid-term, long-term plan? We've done tons of videos about that on our YouTube channel. And which state has the best value for the species you're most interested in? And with that, I've taken 26 minutes. Thanks so much for being here, and good luck on that draw on February 8th.